Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and I have with me today Rena Van Alst. Hi, Rena. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. Yeah, very busy, but um, looking forward to the weekend away and the National Conference next week. So yeah, it's all good. Yes, we're heading off to the SCA National Conference in the Hunter Valley. I think by the time this episode goes live, we will have probably already been there. So wasn't it fun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like that question that you asked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before we get stuck into our challenges and our wins for this week, I want to let our listeners know how they can get a copy of the transcript for this episode. Now, we have been producing transcripts for a while now on the Your Strata Property website and they have been really popular. They're a really good way to review the key topics that we're talking about in the episodes, particularly these episodes with me and Rena. Um, if you're driving and you're listening to this, if you're at the gym listening to this, if something really important came up and you didn't quite catch it, a great way to review that information and to share it with your strata manager, with your fellow committee members, your fellow owners, is to grab a copy of the transcript. So you can now have the transcript delivered straight to your inbox and there will be a unique URL webpage for each transcript for each episode. So if you want the transcript for this episode, you go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash 066. That's the numbers 066. And that is because this is episode 66. I can't believe it. Wow. (laughs) It still feels like episode six. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great accomplishment, Amanda. You don't realise how time flies and how much effort goes into producing these podcasts. So congratulations. I know, but it's a whole lot of fun too. I wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't fun. And we get such great feedback from our listeners and from members inside the YSP online community that it is something that I'm passionate about and more than happy to keep doing. And and now I have you by my side, Rena. It's all the more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely lots of fun. (laughs) So head over to yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash 066 if you want to have a copy of the transcript for this episode delivered straight to your inbox. If you are a member of the YSP online community, then that transcript is absolutely coming straight to your inbox without you having to ask for it. That's just one of the benefits that I like to offer to our members. So that is a bit of housekeeping done there, Rena. Let's jump on into our challenges for the week. What's been your challenge? Yeah, well, one of the main challenges that I've had has been with a new scheme I've just taken carriage of recently. And basically, it's a very small scheme with one majority owner and a number of other owners. And what's transpired amongst many things, which I won't go into today, but the fact that the strata manager who was previously managing this scheme seems to have taken sides with, with particular owners. And the way it was described to me was 
by the one particular owner. It's like someone who is putting petrol on fire. So rather than managing agents sort of trying to take an objective view, and it's hard sometimes. I mean, we all know when one side's perhaps breaching the act or one side's being unreasonable. But when you're in that position as a strata manager, you need to be as objective as possible because the owners look to you for advice and guidance. And and when one party feels a bit aggrieved or feels that you're taking one person's side over another person's side, regardless of whether you may feel that way um, yourself, in terms of how you project yourself to the owners and obviously to the clients in general, you've really got to make sure that you remain impartial and provide professional advice to your scheme and maintaining that impartiality. I think it's you, you mm. just have to be impartial. It's really important. And it's, I think it's been quite sad that many owners have said this, not just the one owner, but other owners have also confirmed the same, even though she may have been on their side. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's a tough gig, this strata management. And when you're dealing with people and their homes and their everyday personal lives, personal finances, everything that is on your plate is close to the heart of somebody. And, yes, exactly right. And I think that makes for a difficult job for you as a strata manager. But as you say, Rena all the more important, I think, that you act with the utmost professionalism and perhaps be aware of that maybe unconscious bias that you might have towards one lot owner or another. Um, Yes, you might think that someone is being sensible while the other might be being irrational, but consider whether you might be adding fuel to the fire by expressing those views instead of remaining as objective as possible. And I think another aspect um, of how one is perceived externally by others is, is our body language. And I think they say mm-hmm. that, you know, so much of your of your communication is, you know, percentage is basically based on your body language rather than what you're saying. So I think in this instance as well, when you do have that unconscious bias and it then comes through, you know, your persona and how you and your body language, and then that's another aspect I think one should consider, whether you're a strata manager or not. I think in life generally sometimes <laughs> we let our, our emotions and our biases dictate our feelings and then this mm. obviously comes across and when you're enacting in a professional manner you've got to be a far more attuned to that side of your personality if that's something that you need to work on. Mm, yeah really good point. The other thing that I regularly remind strata managers is to understand who you're acting for, who you're engaged by. You're engaged by the owners corporation and you're taking instructions from the strata committee. You're not taking instructions from one particular lot owner. And I have seen on numerous occasions, strata managers get themselves into trouble by following instructions of one lot owner and not stopping to ask, hang on a second, does this person have the authority of the committee to ask me to do these things, to ask me to spend this money, to ask me to engage this particular contractor. And I think you can lighten your burden, let's say, considerably if you take a step back and say, okay, do I have to do this? Well, it's a really good point that you're raising, Amanda, because a lot of the times a manager, I think, does things because of the the power that they might perceive that person has in, in terms of the scheme in general or relating to their appointment. 
in one particular building that I'm aware of, there's four owners, four committee members, and one particular owner is quite strong personality. And he asked the strata manager to arrange for the building to be painted. So there was a little meaning about colours, but no one had actually approved the mm. contractor. They hadn't approved anything. And next minute, two owners find out of the four that the painter's there to start work that in three weeks after that initial conversation. So, mm. and the manager didn't even hold a meeting to approve the contract. And so there are many instances where I think there is a, yeah, a power issue where people think, well, that person is the person that's going to keep me engaged or appointed. Mm. And unfortunately, um, yeah, this is where the political power faction part of strata <laughs> management renders its ugly head. <laughs> yes, yes. But just a, a word of caution there for strata managers and for committee members and lot owners who are instructing their strata managers, always come back to the source of the authority. Do I, as a strata manager, have proper instructions from the owners corporation or the strata committee? And do I, as a lot owner, have the authority to ask my strata manager to be doing these things on behalf of the building? That's definitely correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want to revisit a topic that we spoke about, Rena, back in episode 62. And this was about proxy forms. Now, I've been contacted within the last couple of weeks by a few listeners who were very interested in that discussion and, first of all, said thank you, Amanda and Rena, for addressing the issue. The issue being, are proxy forms completed under the old New South Wales law valid under the new New South Wales law? And you and Irina discussed our views on this mm. and we came to the conclusion that if you have a proxy form that's been completed under the old law and it's appointing a proxy holder for a period, for example, of two consecutive annual general meetings, that that proxy form should still be accepted as valid now that we have the new law in place because we do have savings and transitional provisions in the new law that says something along the lines of anything done under the old is considered valid under the new. And the conservative approach is not to disenfranchise our owners and ensure that everybody has their right to vote and accepting those kinds of proxy forms we thought would be valid. Now, I have had more than one listener contact me and use the example of a form that has been filled out just for one meeting, just a single appointment for one meeting. And it's a form that complies with the old law, but not the new. And when was the meeting held? And the meeting was held after the 30th of November 2016, oh, okay. so under the new law. Okay, so it was basically before the new law, but it applies to a meeting after the new law. Yes. Okay. Um, or someone somewhere along the line has got their hands on the wrong version of the proxy form. So they've turned up to a meeting. It's being held at the time when the new law is in place and they've produced an old proxy form just for the purposes of the one meeting. And the question that I was asked is, Amanda, is that valid? And I've said, no, that's not valid because that's a form for a one-off appointment. The new law is in place. There are new requirements for proxy forms and the new requirements should have been followed. And I wanted to make that clarification that what we were talking about, or at least what I thought we were talking about, Rena, back in episode 62, was a different situation where you have an ongoing appointment and that appointment started under the old law and it was an appointment for 
two consecutive annual general yeah, or meetings or months. 12 months. Yes. Yeah. And we took the view that those types of appointments would still be valid because they would carry over into the new regime, let's say. And very interestingly, one strata manager who contacted me said that she is waiting for an NCAT application to be filed in relation to this exact issue. And she had a building that I think was a a new appointment for her. They had come to her already with this problem. They had held an annual general meeting and someone had turned up with something like 30 proxies. The forms had been completed under the old law, but this was a meeting that was being held when the new law was in force. And the chairperson ruled all of those proxy forms out of order and invalid. And those people who had appointed that particular proxy holder didn't have a vote. Now, the lot owners affected by that, as I understand it, have made an application for mediation. I think the mediation has taken place and the matter has not been resolved. And one of the parties, whether it's the owners corporation or the lot owners who are aggrieved, are now looking to make an NCAT application. And it wasn't quite clear how many of those proxies were in the category that we're talking about, Rena, where they are those long-standing proxies and how many of them were fresh appointments, which in my view were probably on the wrong form. But it will be very interesting to see how this plays out before NCAT, if that's where it's headed. Well, I believe that based on the facts that you've just presented, Amanda, that the proxy limit still would occur whether you had an old, whether the old form was in place or not. Mm, so, yeah. The person who's a proxy bearer could only have 5% if it was over 20 lots. Yep, good point. Whether it was an old form that was ensuing for 12 months or two AGMs. So I think the number of proxies that you can hold at a meeting that's convened after 30 November would still apply in terms of that aspect. Mm. But you're saying, did one person have 30 proxies? I'm not sure exactly what the numbers were, but I know that there were a number of proxy forms relied on, whether it was by a single proxy holder Mm. or numerous, and it was something like 20 or 30 altogether that were impugned, that were forms compliant with the old law, but this was a meeting that was taking place under the new law. And of course, when this particular strata manager heard our podcast, her ears pricked up and she said, oh, this sounds like my kind of situation and got in touch with me just to clarify exactly what our view was. Yeah. on that situation and I said we'd have a chat about it and, and put it out there. There might be some other buildings who have experienced something similar but I do hope if, if it is an issue addressed by NCAT that that decision is reported and perhaps we can have the tribunal take a definitive view on this issue. Well, I've had received advice from a friend of mine who's um, living in a scheme where they received um, an EGM agenda and it said that they could not use any proxy forms that were filled out under the previous act. So, mm. and that included any ones that were for consecutive meetings or for 12 months. So, it'd be interesting to see how many people are taking that view as well and um, what happens if someone is disenfranchised, um, especially someone who's perhaps elderly and, you know, can't get to do another proxy form and, and had on the assumption when they filled it pre-30, that it was going to be there for 12 months. Mm. I suppose what is important to say in this situation is that best practice, in my view, would be to complete a new form if you can. If you are someone who's appointing a proxy because you live overseas or interstate or you just can't be there for these meetings, then if you can, get your hands on 
an up-to-date copy of the statutory form, which is set out in the Strata Schemas Management Regulation. Your Strata Manager and also Fair Trading can also give you copies of these forms and fill out that form rather than take the risk and rely yes. on an old form. This really seems to be an unsettled issue at this point in time and best to act conservatively and fill out a form in accordance with the new law if you can. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Definitely. Whatever you can do to make sure that there can be no problems in the future in terms of any proxy appointment that's given. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm interested to find out more, Amanda, about that case that you're referring to mm, and uh, me hopefully too. be reported one. Yeah. Keep you posted. Okay. So, what's exciting this week, Rena? Any wins? What are you looking forward to? Oh, I'm just looking forward to the weekend and um, going away to the conference next week. So pretty much um, I'm just quite busy at the moment with new schemes and doing all the take-on work for that. But I'm um, definitely looking forward to the national conference, which yes. starts um, next Wednesday. Yes, so that is the Strata Community Australia National Conference, which is being held in the Hunter Valley. Always a good turnout. I'm zipping up there myself, but only for a very short period because I've got to head off to Melbourne on the Thursday night, but I'm looking forward to catching up with you and others. But as I said, by the time this episode goes to air, we will have been there and enjoyed that. And didn't we have a great time? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, something that I want to share this week, Rena, that has been really positive. I had one of my members inside the YSP online community ask a really important question and that was, how do I get my hands on cases about strata issues? And this was a member who is involved in some litigation or about to be and they wanted to do a bit of research themselves about how others appearing before the tribunal in a similar situation may have dealt with their issue. And they asked me, Amanda, how do you as a lawyer find cases on strata mm. issues, including decisions made under the old law? Because as we know, the Strata Schemes Management Act 1996 is now repealed. Does that mean all the decisions that have been made under that act have now disappeared into the ether and we can't get our hands on them anymore? And I said, fabulous question. And what I did is directed this member of my community to the website, Ostley, and I'll spell that. It's A-U-S for Sam, T-L-I-I dot E-D-U dot A-U, Ostley. And that's a website that lawyers use to look up legislation. And there's a really clever feature on the website where you can find all the cases that are associated with a particular section of legislation. So, for example, if you were wanting to find cases on the repair and maintenance of common property, which used to be section 62 in the old law, you can look up a copy of the old law. It's called a repealed act. You can then go to section 62 in the repealed act, and then you can click a button, which then highlights for you all the decisions made, whether by the tribunal or by courts, which reference section 62 of the old act. 
And what I was able to do is actually record a video of me doing exactly that exercise and I popped that into our members forum and our members were able to watch that video and then find out how to be a bit loyally and look up strata cases. And I know that particular member who was after that information I found it really useful. So I was a bit chuffed that I was able to do that. Something really simple for lawyers, but, you know, the layperson doesn't necessarily know how to do that kind of thing. And it takes me five minutes to record a video and, uh, and share that. That's a great idea, Amanda. I think um, watching people sort of find information and, and seeing it in a visual way really helps because um, sometimes when you're following instructions and one little thing doesn't work, but at least when you're seeing someone actually doing it, it does help. So, um, yeah, I've always used Ostly, um in terms of bookmarking all the legislation on my Chrome browser yes. and, and it helps with not just Australia legislation but any other legislation that you want to look up as well. So, But I think in terms of cases, some of the cases are quite long and I think for a layperson they, they would probably still need some legal assistance in deciphering um, yes. some of the reasons. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I would just caution any manager out there, um, <laughs> even though you may read a case, it doesn't mean that we don't need assistance in some respects, especially if there's complexities and it's not just a black and white sort of case. Mm, absolutely. But I have been assisted definitely by clients in the past who have been a bit proactive with this kind of thing and have said to me, Amanda, I was uh, having a glass of wine on a Friday night. I jumped on Osley and started to look up some keywords that might be similar to mine and I found these few interesting cases. What do you think of these? And there have been, I have to say, a couple of occasions where I've been Mm. pointed to some helpful case law by a very uh, intelligent and engaged client. So um, even if you do have legal representation, don't hesitate to jump in and do some of the legwork. We as lawyers appreciate that. Yeah, it was not always would, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, enjoy your time away, Rena. It's going to be a well-deserved break, even though you are um, definitely still in the strata zone, let's say that, at the SCA conference. (laughs) But have a glass of wine, have a nice dinner. And uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Okay, Amanda, take care. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? today?